Are we live? Are we on? Hey, what is there up? We, what's up, dude? Cool. I, I didn't wasn't sure if this was gonna work, so I just threw it out there. I so. like it. I like it. It's working. I can hear <laughs> you. It's a good start. It's recording too, so that's even more important. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. This is the perfect day to be recording what is essentially our first official episode. <laughs> that's true. Uh, this will be the one we look back on when we're all famous, right? <laughs> that and probably not nearly as sober as we are right now, so it'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Like you're just a regular person and then you become famous and then you become some sort of, I don't know, addict of some kind. So we, get, we got a ways to go. We can pace ourselves. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So how you doing today, man? Doing good. I'm feeling good. Uh, I was actually just reviewing some 2019 information and uh, looking over the contract details um, as well. So just a lot of good stuff, man. How about you? Yeah, uh, just finished, wrapped up work, got off early today. So that was kind of nice and was just ready to jump right into this because it's we got a lot to talk about in terms of what an exciting day it has it has been or turned out to be, I should say. So yeah, because um, yeah, uh, you know, kind of started the day with, well, okay, I guess, you know, in my head, I thought, uh, you know, Henry will just kind of play out the season on a franchise tag, maybe throw a big gripe, you know, before the first game or hold out. I mean any of those scenarios could have actually happened realistically. Um, You know, not to say that he's that kind of guy. It's just that those are the kinds of things you're seeing in, you know, today's uh, free agent market. And, uh, you know, he held steady up until the last hour and they got the deal done. So pretty happy about that. Yeah, no, it's a good perspective. I mean, you know, you think about players even in recent years, as recently as last year that, still had years on the contract and were still willing to just not show up, not play until it got figured out. So every indication up until literally today was that it wasn't going to happen, which is a little bit frustrating. Um, and I, it sure sounded like everyone wanted it to work out. So to see if they were able to figure it out and to, to see what I think is just a really good deal for both Henry and for the team is just, it's stellar, man. It's so exciting. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, in today's NFL, it's so odd with the the running back position because you have somebody who produces so much on the ground and takes such a punishment uh, but then doesn't necessarily get paid in terms of, like, what a quarterback would get, you know, um, and even some other skilled positions – and being a running back, you have such a, lo- uh, a shorter lifespan compared to other positions yep. just due to the nature of the position. Um, you know, and then throw in, you know, cautionary tales like, you know, David David Johnson. And uh, I can't think of the guy's name from it, the Falcons, uh, you know, that didn't actually fare well after, you know, long-term deals. So, um yeah, it was it was kind of a lot of things playing into this, but I'm just glad that today in the last hour uh, they got it done, which was, you know, I kind of had a feeling that was going to happen due to them saying it wasn't going to get done because this is normally what happens when 
they say it's not going to get done in the last minute it gets done. So right. I really think that's, way. yeah. So, um, yeah, well, it's important though, because especially with Henry, it's not like he's a guy that just suddenly had a breakout year. I mean, if you look at every year that he's even been with the team, he has over 100 carries his first two seasons. And then 2018 had over 200 carries. And last year, career high over 300 carries. Like, he's been a workhorse. Um, certainly been a guy that they depended on. I mean, even that year, uh, 2017, that we lost um, in the divisional round, he played a pretty big role in that Kansas City wildcard game that we won on the road had a really great touchdown in that game. Like he's had plenty of moments already to where it's certainly, like you mentioned, it certainly justified making sure that he got paid given as much work as he puts in. We've, we've truly relied on him in so many ways. Right. And, and what I liked about Henry's situation for us anyways, is that when you look at the 2016, 2017 season, uh, he only had, you know, 490 yards and then 744 yards respectively with, you know, first year only being 110 touches and then the second year being 176 touches. And where I'm going with that is that, you know, normally when you pay a guy who's kind of grounded and pounded for four years, uh, it's kind of dicey to think that he's going to live up to a production for another two which is usually when they get paid the most out of the guaranteed, you know, money. But with, with his, his workload kind of just here at 303 touches, you can really say we've only leaned on him for one year, you know? So to me, I think he's still got pretty fresh legs for a guy who is, you know, easily a easy target to hit just due to his sheer size. Oh yeah. Well, and that's certainly a testament just to his conditioning. I, I think it's something that, the coaches and, you know, other players have talked about pretty openly. Even even opposing players have talked about this is not a guy you want to hit. doesn't feel good. Um, and kind of like you said, we probably weren't relying on him as much until this year, but he was already performing at that level. I mean, he's now got, you know, back-to-back years over 1,000 yards, um, 215 carries to 303 carries. Like, it's it's just phenomenal. Um, and, 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 again, I think looking at kind of the other side of things, like, there's always a little bit of a concern where it's like, okay, maybe you sign a guy, but you're locked in and it hinders the team. I don't really think that's an issue. Like, I think they were really able to get what's a, a really awesome deal for him without having any issues in terms of like, can the team still do anything else beyond that um, in case there's other support that, you know, they want to bring in. So it's, it's just, uh, just all around good to see. Yeah. You know, I couldn't agree more in my head. I thought we would settle right around Ezekiel Elliott's money, which was about $15 million a year, and kind of throw in a ton of incentives to kind of, you know, make him happy. But with settling with him at 12.5, you know, I wouldn't put it in terms of him getting giving a team discount, but I think that that really does help the team out because we only had $19 million left on the cap. So realistically, we still have, you know, about six, you know, seven million, I guess, left or, uh, you know, to kind of play around with, you know, so uh, we can sign a backup quarterback. We can do some other things that, you know, if somebody comes free, that's kind of a rotational type of player, you know, all those things kind of open up uh, where if we had gone with, you know, a higher number like that, 
we would have been really close against the cap and we would have just pretty much had to uh, pick up, you know, practice squad type of guys, you know, from this point out. So, um, and, you know, it's kind of crazy to think, one more point on that is crazy to think at $12.5 a year, David Johnson is making $13 you know, mm-hmm. this year for them, which, you know, I wouldn't put him anywhere near Henry's type of production sure. or, you know, potential, you know, so. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm certainly not uh, an expert when it comes to, to deals. I know for a lot of guys, you know, it really comes down to the guaranteed money. Um, and it looks like there's about 25 million guaranteed on this deal for Henry. Um, so it's, it, it's definitely, if anything, at this point, it's kind of just like uh a sigh of relief that it's done. They got, they got the deal done and we're carrying so much of our team from last year into the next season, which is great. Um, you know, so, so it, it's, it, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it develops. Um, Cause you really just kind of expect as much going over the next few, few seasons. But what I love about the, the, the years in the deal is that it's four, which is the exact same as the years we put on Tannehill's deal, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of awesome. Cause now we know locked in for the next four years, in theory, you've got those two guys leading the offense, which is phenomenal. Yeah, and that's actually a really excellent point because, you know, they both kind of fed off each other when you really look back at uh, the games when Tannehill came in, uh, when you look at, you know, a lot of our success with, you know, Tannehill throwing, you know, really kind of over the linebackers a lot of times because they were so close up to the line with the fear of, Henry running and then also you know with AJ Brown coming on fire uh you know kind of held the safety a little bit higher on his side which again didn't kind of load that box up you know in those kinds of things so they really kind of fed off each other and so you know point tying them for four years together just has that success going forward you know yeah, and there were some interesting things that I think we saw from last year they can build on. He had – Henry had over 200 yards receiving, which is the most receiving yards he's had in a year. And I know, you know, early in the season we struggled a lot with that screenplay working. But I, I do think that's something that hopefully we can start to utilize more because not only when we block well does that play work, but Henry can throw the ball pretty well for, for a guy his size, for a running back. So I think it, it kind of just adds a little bit more variation even for, you know, Arthur Smith to mix up the plays. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Um, it definitely, I think if we can get him involved in the receiving game, uh, it would definitely add a new dynamic to things. But, you know, the nice thing is, though, I think we actually drafted a guy to kind of do some of that work. So the good thing is, is that I think with Lewis – you know, Henry would come out or sub out, I should say, for third down sometimes. And you were kind of left with Lewis, who was kind of a little bit better uh, passing back, if you will. But, you know, had a lot of trouble getting involved in the game. But I think the guy that we drafted, um, I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head, but he uh, definitely seemed super explosive in a lot of the film I saw. And he actually uh, could play. He, I think he started off as a receiver, so he definitely has the hands for that. So I think the nice thing is is that if we don't necessarily figure out how to get him involved, not being, not not saying that we aren't, but if we don't, I think we actually found a decent guy to come in and, and pick up that slack where I think last year, you know, at least I did, I would kind of grimace when he saw Lewis come in 
knowing yeah. that you just really didn't know what you were going to get. It, it just wasn't great. Right. It, it was, it was yep. kind of weird. I mean, obviously we're, we're past that now, but, but to your point, you know, bringing in someone that kind of already has some experience in that realm will certainly be good. So, um, and of course now it'll be interesting. Cause I mean, there's still certainly been plenty of talk about trying to sign Clowney. I don't know at this point, you know, um, if that seems as feasible, I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly content knowing Henry's done. Like I'm, I'm going to sleep great tonight and not having to worry about that anymore. Uh, but it, but it's like that. And then also the backup quarterback that you mentioned, those are probably, I think the only other two things to really kind of look at the rest of the off season. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, I don't know if you've seen Henry's Instagram, but Holy cow, that guy is working out crazy hard. I mean, I watched one of his workouts I think it was yesterday, and I think I was sweating just watching it because he was working out so hard. <laughs> well, dude, there's some great shots of uh, not just Henry, but, I mean, our, our guys are stacked. I mean, someone posted something on, I think, the Reddit page uh, of, like, of AJ and, like, Janu. Um, I, I just – I can't imagine. I cannot imagine being a football player and playing against those guys and trying to do anything to stop them. It's terrifying. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things that always stood out in my head was uh, Henry in the uh, Pro Bowl game uh, this past year took a picture with, um, uh, I can't think, Miller, the the defensive lineman from the Broncos. Oh, Von you know, Miller. Von Miller. Um, you know, and he's not like the smallest guy by any means, right? Uh, you know. I mean, he's not a, a defensive tackle, but he's, you know, a, you know, a premier defensive end, or at least was at one point. Um, and him standing next to Henry, I mean, he looked small. I mean, he would have never known that Miller actually played football just just based on the sheer com- size comparison. So, yeah, I mean, I think, like, you know, our guys typically are big and stacked. I mean, it just seems like Robinson's just building that kind of team where, you know, everybody's like a Taylor Luan or a Derrick Henry, you know, I mean, I'm just waiting for Tannehill to run out there like 50 pounds of muscle this year. Well, you I know? mean, we, we so. saw that, we saw that one play uh, with that game against the Raiders where they had that tip pass, uh, you know, and Tannehill ran down the tackle, like all the way downfield leveled the guy, which not that you want Tannehill taking that risk all the time, but he can, he's just as physical as anybody else sometimes. But I agree. We have this, this pedigree of just very physical, aggressive guys, which is to me, that's just, that's football. That's what you want. You want to wear the other team down. Yeah. I mean, I just think Robinson's just building that team and, and Vrabel for that matter, where everybody's tough. You might not be the fastest guy. And even if you aren't the biggest guy, there's definitely characteristic all the guys have, which is they're tough they're hungry, they're mean, they're dogs. They go out there and lay it all on the field, you know. It's beautiful to watch. And, you know, they've, they've talked recently about how a lot of the guys feel like the way that they've stayed in contact this offseason, especially with things being, um, you know, unique, um, has really helped. So that, to, to know that they're feeling as confident, if not more confident, going into this next season is super encouraging because I feel like you saw a lot of cohesiveness even last year. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I I think they're all on the same page. Uh, you know, one of the biggest things that Vrabel talked about was what a leader, which is rather interesting because I don't know if you've ever seen an interview with him. You know, you have to almost pry to 
pry words out of him. You know, he's mm-hmm. very short. Uh, just because he's just an introverted, quiet guy, you know, goes up uh, about his way. So I can totally understand that. I don't, I don't take it as he's being difficult or not wanting to open up. It really seems like that's naturally like how he is. But, you know, after watching all of those uh, uh, victory speeches at the end, you know, as the season went on, Henry started to close them out. And just seeing all the guys rally around him was really special. And now that he's going to even be more even more or special or whatever the word is something like that i mean it's it is cool like we we have to give some credit to eddie george uh because i know there's a a great story about uh not this past season but the year before that him kind of connecting with henry about just really just using his physicality to to get to get those yards to dominate on the field and i feel like he really took that to heart and kind of like you talked about really became much more of a, a vocal leader among the team. Um, I don't, I don't know what week it was last year, but I mean, he started the whole concept of why not us? Like it, you really saw a lot of the guys and, and I would like to think a lot of the fans kind of rallied behind that. So. Yeah. Yeah, no. And that's a great quote from him uh, when he started that, you know? Um, yeah. No, I think everybody, I think that talk with Eddie George, I mean, you know, it's, it really was kind of, probably fascinating in general that you know eddie george is smaller than henry but when you you watch a lot of of old film of eddie george i mean he's constantly running through guys um and you really did that's that's really still not henry's style necessarily right he's not the kind of guy that's gonna push the pile like three downs in a row and and just kind of like get you these hard tough yards on the inside but at the same time once once he's up to speed, you know, you have those highlight reels of that guy from Baltimore that gets used as a battering ram for the rest of the defense, you know, so it's just, <laughs> it, I mean, he, it is crazy. interesting because it's, it's harder, you know, comparisons are, they are what they are, but it's hard to honestly think of a running back like, like, like that we've ever really seen like Henry. Like I, I would almost argue that there isn't one because, because of this just size and physicality, like, what are you going to do? I mean, we saw it a lot last year, but, you know, he, he even facing, uh, I think it, the stat is that he faced the most uh, eight-man boxes up front. I mean, he had the most immediate contact in almost every game and still managed to dominate. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, to the line's credit, right, I mean, they did a fantastic job last year after kind of, you know, Luan not kind of being able to help out the first four games. Uh, and, and when he came in and, and finally got on the same page and, you know, the rookie, uh, I want to say his name was Douglas, uh, you know, excelled at that right guard position. Um, you know, everything just kind of came together because, you know, as great and as physical Henry is, I mean, the line does a fantastic job Absolutely. up front. And then, you know, I think one of the, you know, staples of Henry's running style is his his uh stiff arm I mean Mm -hmm. uh you know I don't know if he actually has longer arms than other running backs or not but it just seems like once he if he touches you first he's not going down you know (laughs) no it's gonna be like the third or fourth guy after that on a good day um (laughs) and they were they were talking about that recently I think they're doing like Madden ratings and he got like a 98 
or something for like the stiff arm rating and Bayard actually commented on Twitter and was like, shouldn't that be a 99? Pretty sure that should be a 99. Like it's, it's unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't remember what I was watching. It was probably one of those Tennessee videos that they put out through the season. But I remember somebody asked him that, like that wasn't a player asked him to stiff arm him and, you know, he gave him the stiff arm and <laughs> just clearly knocked him over and, you know, could tell there was definitely some force on that, like for a regular person, you know. So I, I can't imagine him going full speed and just kind of laying that on you. It's got to be pretty rough. Well, once we get some time under our belt doing this, we'll try to see if we can reach out and have some guests on. And we'll devote just an entire episode to people that have failed to get past the – Derrick Henry stiff arm. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably need a couple episodes. Um, That's a long list. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, it's going to. It's going to continue too. Here's here's a question. This is just for fun. But so Tannehill and Henry now locked down in the next four years. How many Super Bowls do you think we can compete for in the next four years? I think realistically, I'd say two. You know. Um, I wouldn't say they're back to back because that's always kind of hard to do. Yeah, especially uh, in but football. I think, yeah, but I think realistically, if if this year played out, I think we would be in the playoffs. I don't know if we get to that Super Bowl ring, but I, in my mind, uh, I always thought it would be the following year because you know Tannehill would have you know a whole year, you know, not to say it couldn't happen this year, but he would have yeah. that whole year with the team. You know, you would have so much maturity from. A lot of young guys that will, you know, be just in their prime at that point. I really thought, you know, next year was going to be the year for a ring. Then, you know, another year in between where, you know, maybe you start to lose some guys due to contract extensions and those kinds of things. And then probably that the year at the end that Tannehill goes out on is the one that we get that second one. You know? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a, it's a solid answer and concept or, or way to think of it. I mean, it, you know, we were certainly a game away last year. Um, but like to your point, just having a little bit more time with the offense guys developing, um, I could, I could totally see two out of the next four. I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain about that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we're the, we're going to be the face of the AFC South from here on out. I mean, it's, you really have to get through us to get anywhere because, uh, the team's, Prime to to win those tough games, especially games in our division where it's just a low-scoring game, all defense, and you just hand the ball off and and play field position. You know, so yeah. um, it's well, gonna... and the way it's played out too is you know we're one of the only seems like we're one of the only teams that has really kind of carried over a lot of the the roster from one year to the next. You know, like there's always going to be turnover, and I know we have you know, seen some significant guys, you know, go elsewhere. But overall, I think the core, whether it's on defense or offense that we've kept is, is phenomenal. So I, I feel like you look at the AFC, I mean, certainly Kansas City is going to be arguably the team to beat, but I feel like we're right there in their heels. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The, the only team that, that scares me in our division is probably the Colts, uh, just because I think that, uh, they actually made some really good offseason moves. Not that uh, Rivers is going to, you know, burn any houses down. I just think that uh, 
you know, I think they're they're playing it smart where, like, you look at the Texans, they're giving away Hopkins, right? And then you have the Jaguars who, you know, pretty told their coach, if you lose a couple of games, you're going to get fired this year, you know. So, uh, you know, I just think they're the, the, they're the only one that are in our division that kind of give us a hard time realistically is the Colts. But, you know, going back to, you know, what you were saying overall in the AFC, it, it really is kind of the Chiefs and then us, I think – you know, uh, you know, you could probably argue Baltimore's up there, but then it's like, well, can they get over that, you know, playoffs slump that they've been experiencing with um, uh, Jackson, you know? Yeah. So. Well, look, there's certainly some other great teams not to take away from that. I mean, Pittsburgh, you expect Pittsburgh to be there, uh, especially late in the year if they stay healthy. Um, you, you know, Roethlisberger always finds a way to keep that team going. I agree with you on Baltimore. I mean, they're a fantastic team. They're very physical. There's just something there with Jackson that he he's got to he's got to figure out. I think in order for that team to really have some, you know, late in the year success, um, you know, and, and to your point about Indy, yeah, they're they're probably that one team I think, especially divisionally, that's still going to give us some headaches. Um, they, they've got a lot of great talented players. Um, you know, I think Rivers is probably one of the the you know better calls you could bring in as far as quarterback goes because um, they they played they played decent enough even last year um, probably not being as efficient as they could so you know if if Rivers can can hone in the the pass attempts a bit maybe not be so sloppy they'll they'll probably be right there too yeah no I I think if they get the quarterback situation figured out um, you know they brought in. Uh, that great defensive lineman from San Francisco. Uh, so he's definitely going to shore up the defense. Um, they seem to have found a pretty much a running back by committee uh, last year. I can't think of the guy's names on their team because I'm really bad at that. And I'll try to get better as we start to do this more often. But they, I remember they just sort of seem to sub guys out and, and the next guy up would just have another 100-yard game. Um, so... Uh, you know, if they can make some things happen, I think they're definitely uh, ahead of uh, ahead of the other team, the other two teams, anyways. Even though, you know, you, you never want to count the the Texans out of anything because O'Brien, uh, to his credit, has you know won the division you know several years in a row and and has put them in the playoff position. But you know, I just really think that 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 sort of that magic dust that he's had is definitely wearing off, and I think the the Colts will be that that team that will be neck and neck with us yeah I mean you know the, the Texans do seem to kind of find a way to stay competitive I, I think it seems like they're just having some toxic issues with the culture you know and that's one of those things I feel like just happened to Jacksonville the last few seasons that's kind of hard to overcome um, so you know Indianapolis and, and our team were definitely a lot more stable in that regard um, I think I think the, the way that you know, our guys are bought into Vrabel. I think Indy's players are bought into their coach. So that seems to kind of go a long way to to how things play out on the field. So, and of course, God forbid, you never know what could happen with New England. But I think it's going to take uh, I think it's going to take Cam Newton some time to get over himself. <laughs> yeah, it it felt weird leaving them out of the top three. But I mean, I just don't know where you put them with Cam Newton losing you know, the greatest of all time with Brady, you know, I mean, it's, it's really tough to say where they are, you know, even Edelman having, you know, off field, you know, issues and, 
I mean, the team just seems like it's all over the place. So uh, I, I just don't think this was going to be a really good year for in terms of like them just like winning 10, 12 games and, and easily being up there for the, you know, top seeds. You know, I, I think I think it, they're definitely going to be competitive. You can never count them out or, the, you know, Belichick. I mean, he won, he won nine games with um, uh, God. I can't think of his name. He was actually our backup at one point. Um, was it Hasselbeck? Uh, no, it was the. the uh, he played for the Chiefs. He, he was a backup. Then he got a big contract with the Chiefs because he won, did well in. Uh, Matt Moore. Ah uh, no! I'm just throwing uh, names out at this point. It's gonna kill me because he was our backup. He has like seven kids. It was some funny thing like that. Um, he's the guy that came in that year that we needed to beat Jacksonville to go to the playoffs and. Uh, Marcus got hurt and he broke his leg in that game. Um, oh, he he came in and threw a pick I know, six. I know what season it. you're talking about. I've blocked yeah. most of that from memory because it. I just don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to go there. But I do remember that that uh, that game that season. Yeah, mm. yeah, it'll come to me. Uh, Cam- Campbell? No, not Campbell. Ah, oh, I can't. We'll just name. we'll add episodes as this goes on where we'll have one that's just dedicated to reading off names that we couldn't think of. <laughs> uh, from previous weeks, we'll just we'll just go down the list. You just want to acknowledge the following guys and just read a list, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Um, so um, we'll move on to. Uh, I mean, what do you think about this season playing out? I mean, it's it's getting really interesting. You know, being with COVID, sort of giving a lot of states a lot of problems you know i think there's still a lot of talks between the um nflpa and the actual nfl so it's going to be interesting how these things work out yeah i mean i think the the biggest challenge really seems to just be that you know so many different cities states across the u.s are are all in different places with how they're doing right um and you're seeing, you know, the NBA and NHL kind of try these really concentrated approaches to still having a season, which to a degree makes sense. Um, I know we were talking the other day in text about, you know, most most teams, you know, having limited capacity at the stadiums, which, you know, makes sense. Um, it, it's hard to know what to expect. I mean, I think I think the weird part is just that, I'm almost like not even thinking as much about those aspects as I am just reality that football really is one of the most physical person on person sports there is. Right. I mean, like every play, everything you're doing, even down to just guy goes to the sideline for one play, he's surrounded by other people. Like there's some weird, I think just, just normal season of the game that it's kind of like, how do they, how do they account for that? How do they do that safely? Um, that I think will be interesting. And, you know, I don't know how much to connect it to college football either. Um, You know, news on that front in the last few days has been that, you know, most officials for them don't think they're going to have a season at all. And then I think it was uh, LSU's coach today was like, the world needs football. And I can't help but agree with them because I love football. But it's all over the place, man. What's your take? Yeah, well, there was an interesting article on ESPN. And Will said, by the way, I'm kind of connecting it to NCAA football. Um, you know, the article on ESPN said that one of the biggest ho- holdups was 
the player classification, I guess, you know, the NFL wants to call it a non-football injury if somebody got COVID. Um, so uh, the only problem with that, though, is that they're not required to pay that player if they're on a non-football injury. Mm. So I think that sort of upset, uh, uh, you know, the players' union, uh, probably rightly so, because, you know, uh, you're kind of putting yourselves in, in harm's way. Uh, and if you catch it, at least I think uh, due to like after a game, right, um, you know, I think that that would fall as part of a, you know, s- sort of like work it into being, you know, a regular injury uh, versus a non-football injury so that the player could at least, you know, get their paycheck, you know, sure. for that for that game, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's a valid concern because – just just beyond the reality of are they going to be able to pull it off and have a season, whether it's regular, condensed, or anything, there, there is that reality of, okay, let's, what, what do they do if something were to come up? Um, you know, and, you know, you've seen it in other sports um, so far where I think certain, like, you know, soccer league teams, like, have basically been, like, dismissed from playing because too many of their team were out. Like, there could be some interesting things. Um, and, and even, I know Luan... Um, our, our own uh, offensive tackle like had a take recently that basically was just like, you know, mirror the UFC approach to, you know, having like, you know, everyone camped out, which I think they're going to have to do anyways. I don't really see any other way around it, but. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting is, uh, you know, teams in states like Texas, you know, Arizona and California, you know, Florida, they're having huge spikes. So, you know, they're definitely, you know, they're sort of clamping down on any kind of gathering. Um, so that's going to be tough. And then, you know, a lot of times with uh, training camp is usually held in the facility uh, that, you know, the team owns to kind of, you know, make it easy, bring down costs, those kinds of things. So I don't know if like teams will necessarily, you know, be able to, you know, set up shop. I mean, all the teams or those teams in those states, you know, which, would become kind of crazy and, and try to figure out a safe place to work out and set all that up. It's definitely going to be difficult on the teams. I think, you know, uh, yeah. trying, trying to make that work. Yeah. It'll be odd. I mean, I think you almost have to be open to, let's say you have certain areas, you know, or a handful of, of cities that just are doing better than others, which we kind of are already seeing. It might just be that you have to rely on those areas to play the games, you know? Um, Cause it's like, you, you don't, the training camp's important. Um, preseason, I think that they could scrap really without any major impact. I think that that's already been kind of brewing for a while now that, like, they're just four extra games where first squad guys really don't play much of. So I feel like even if they didn't have any preseason, that would be fine. But I think if you start to have to consider a condensed season, you really have to think, okay, how many games do you think the league has to be able to have to consider a successful season? Like, you know, like, I, I would almost say at least 10 games, you know, seems ideal, but it's also hard to imagine not having a full season. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. I think the only way to get around that realistically would be to put it on hold. Let's just say you put uh, September on hold, right? And then you sort of, backtrack the season from that so essentially you'd be playing the Super Bowl in 
what conceivably could be March or April, you know, um, buys you some time though. Yeah. I mean that, I think that that would, you know, to some degree make things really interesting for those teams that sort of have an advantage in more of the inclement weather areas. If the Mm -hmm. season were to do that, because you would have theoretically more games in January, which is, you know, usually you see, you know, places like Kansas city, you know, snowing, but it's a playoff game. So the, everybody's amped up on like another level, but it'd be interesting to see more games in those, you know, open arenas where there's that bad weather. And to me, I think that makes the most sense to just kind of push the season back, especially because we were opening up on a primetime game on the first week. I'd hate to see us lose that. So, you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah, man. I mean, we we do have to do we have to claw. I mean, we have to. We could probably win a Super Bowl and not get a Monday night game, and they actually gave us one. So you know, true. <laughs> it's tough though, because I mean, I, I guess for me, it's like personally, if we have to end up with like a condensed year, I don't want the Super Bowl in that year. I, I just don't like. I mean, not that I would want a Super Bowl, but it's like you want it on. A, I'm just you don't want a scenario where someone can be like, yeah, you got a Super Bowl, but it was like a ten game season, so did it really count? I just want to deal with that, but yeah, but def- I'd rather there be football at all than not than have to deal with that issue. So it's it's it's, it's tough. It is. It really is tough. I mean, the only thing that you know I've been paying attention to or trying to at least is to just keep watching some of the vaccine trials that they're having and and just seeing if they're kind of moving forward with some of that. I mean, you know, they have some medicines to treat sort of the later stages of COVID, but, you know, they don't really have anything that will prevent you from getting it. So assuming that, you know, out of nowhere, they end up with a very good vaccine in the next couple of months, then I think that would be worth kind of pausing everything or whatever, just to like, okay, the vaccine's out there, everybody takes it. Well, maybe for the exception of the anti-vaxxers, but, you know, everybody takes it and then, Football goes on and life goes on and normal. You know? Well, I think we just have to be reasonable. Not every team is going to need the vaccine, right? It's it's those teams that we know we can rely on. Yep. So basically most of the AFC South isn't going to need it, just us in Indianapolis. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. it'll be interesting. I mean, I think uh, it, it is interesting that so far, in, in a way I kind of respect that the NFL hasn't caved to just – having to like say, well, we're just going to call everything off or it's almost like they've, they've weirdly been diplomatic so far, just kind of cool and calm about like, you know, we're, we're planning for the most part business as usual. I think that, I think they've been smart with the off season, you know, with the exception of, you know, Brady and his, uh, you know, need to uh, have fun with his new Buccaneers teammates. Like, it seems like everyone's like really kind of just, been smart about what they're doing so i you'd like to think that that will pay off and allow for just just a good season of football yeah yeah no i agree and i think that i haven't i mean i don't follow every titans player on instagram i I think if i did that i wouldn't have time to do anything else but you know just looking at henry for example a lot of his training is outside or at his house away from people and when he's actually in the gym there's nobody there so um, you know, just out of pure assumption, I assume the rest of the team is sort of taking those precautions. So, you know, as long as they're smart about it, they stay healthy um, and are ready for the season. I think things, I mean, that's all you can really hope for, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely kind of a, 
we'll wait and see. So, yeah, crazy times. Yeah. So I, I guess we'll just finish up on a quick uh, update on uh, some fan gear. Uh, the new training hat caps came out to maybe almost celebrate Henry getting signed. I think. Um, I'm, I'm. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be that conspiracy person, but I'm pretty sure they were just waiting. And once they got the word that he was going to sign, they're like, "Okay, let's roll out the new hats." And and for anyone listening that's that's confused, please don't be. One of the most important things about football is the apparel, is the swag. If you're not into that, then I don't think you should be listening. So, the hats that were released today are beautiful. Yeah, they're they're really nice. Uh, I was surprised they went with the the navy blue. It seemed like a lot of the training camp hats the last couple of years had been lighter colors like grays and whites and stuff like yeah. that. So it was kind of interesting to see them to go with the blue, but just looking at the pictures, uh, it definitely summer type material. So your head should stay cool. And at the same time, you will look super cool. And, uh, what I really liked about them probably the most is they stuck the uh, logo on the very back of the uh, mm-hmm. fitted one. So, I mean, they couldn't have made it any more perfect. It's all about so. those details, you know? So, yeah, uh, especially right now, all you can really hope for in life is to look good while you're surviving a pandemic. And what better way to do it than with new gear? That's right. I, I almost caved with the 20% coupon <sighs> right now on Fanatics, but uh, I'm it's definitely... tough not to. It's only a matter of time. I mean, <laughs> Any person can only be so strong. Yeah. They, my only complaint, though, is that, you know, uh, the the out-the-gate price for a hat at thirty five ninety nine is a little is. steep. But, uh, you know, like I said, you just got to hope for the 30% coupon to get floated here at some point and uh, try to make a move and save a little bit of money there. Yeah. So, And we'll try Absolutely. to – I think we should try to keep up with that, like maybe tell people – when's the the time to jump on something you know why not i mean we're we're so dedicated you know for those listening and we'll if one of us sees something on sale on a website there's a screenshot there's a text immediately doesn't matter what day of the week what time it is it's like hey this is happening you need to get in on it (laughs) yeah because you know you wouldn't be surprised how many times i saw a 30 percent coupon with every intention to buy something only to get inundated with work and life and other things, then, you know, to come back online at the end of my day with my credit card ready to go. And yeah. all, all of a sudden, the because it expires mm-hmm. at midnight on the East Coast time, which unfortunately is 9 o'clock Arizona time. Right. So. <laughs> we, yeah, so. We, so we are on the West Coast. I'm, I'm Portland, <laughs> Phoenix, so you have to watch those things. So. The good news, though, is that if you become diligent enough, which I have, uh, maybe too much so, you just learn to look at all the sites almost first before you make any decisions. Like, I'll just <laughs> run through them all at this point just to make sure I'm getting the best deal. And then I'm like, okay, let's pull that trigger. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's definitely of the game, right? So, uh, yeah, but... Uh... No, this was this was fun. I think this was a good show, our first official show, if you will. Good um, start. You know, we definitely went over forty minutes. We'll try to reel that in as things go on and get better of, you know, kind of 
punching at topics quicker. But, you know, right now we're just feeling our way through, and we appreciate anybody who gives us support at this point. <laughs> Definitely, and it's, it's probably obvious from, from the intro and from the, the main topics that we're Titans fans, but we're, we're not afraid to just talk football in general. So we'll try to at some point, you know, get some feedback and even some ideas on, on other things to talk about and definitely appreciate those listening. Yeah, same here, and we'll try to have, you know, guests on, people that we think would bring a lot of value talking football. Uh, you know, other opposing teams would be fun, you know, at some point you know try to work all those things into this you know like i said it's just a fun hobby for us to do and what better way to spend an hour just talking about football it's beautiful yeah all right great job sir all right thanks man you have a good one and uh i'll probably be listening to this after we hang up (laughs) all right that's two-tone take folks all right thanks everybody